listening to Everyday Engineering, the City of Madison's engineering podcast where we talk about infrastructure. Complex topics explained simply. From the water that flows down your drain to the rain and snow that drains into the lakes. By way, the curbs and streets we design. City engineering touches your life in so many ways. Explained right now in Everyday Engineering. Downtown Madison is located on an isthmus, which is a narrow strip of land with water on either side between two larger areas of land. The majority of the city of Madison drains to Mendota and Monona Lakes, and large parts of the city were built on top of wetlands that were adjacent to the lakes. Okay, this is why our engineers are constantly working in our stormwater section to improve our stormwater system and infrastructure. That's the day-to-day grind for us here in engineering, but when it starts impacting you is when we start getting heavier rain events more frequently, which is happening and impacting our community. Residents begin seeing their streets flash flood more frequently when it rains, or basements, and even first floors flood in larger events. All topics and questions we've been answering and addressing as part of our watershed studies in the city of Madison. Joining us today is engineer Jojo O'Brien and engineer Caroline Berger. My name, of course, Hannah Molinitsky, City of Madison Engineering Division Public Information Officer. So let's talk watersheds, shall we? Yeah, sounds great. Okay, so let's establish this first. A watershed, because not everyone knows exactly what a watershed is. It's an area of land where when rain falls on it, the area drains to a common waterway, such as a stream or lake. The watershed acts like a funnel by collecting all the water within the area and channeling it to a single point. So we've gotten a lot of information out and set the stage here. So first, before we get into it really deeply, uh, kind of explain what you've been doing for the watershed studies in your role. So for the watershed studies, we've been kind of making our way through the city. The west side was hit the hardest in August, and so we've been starting in our west side watersheds and we've been moving slowly east. This, these watersheds, there's about 23 in the city. So we, as engineers, we can't possibly do all this work. There's too much work for our engineering department. We don't have the capacity. So we've been doing as many of the models as we can, but we've also been using consultants, which are companies that we hire to help with the watershed studies. We've been doing a lot of management, so we want, when, when our consultants do these studies, we want to try to help them be as consistent as possible, so we've been doing a lot of management to help with the consistency, and we've also been trying to do a lot of community outreach. Mm-hmm. You may have seen Hannah's posts on Facebook, or looked at our websites, or even attended some of our focus groups. So we've been trying to reach out to the community as much as possible because we know people were affected a lot by a lot of these heavy rains. Mm-hmm. Before we move forward, that's a really nice like intro to what we're doing as a division and as a section. But before we go even further, can you explain exactly what you do, Caroline, and then what you do in this role for these studies, Jojo? Yeah, so um, I work on managing the Spring Harbor Watershed Study right now okay. and then have done a lot of work building up our new and improved flood website, as well as working on a lot of outreach materials and supplemental information that people need and working on our public outreach strategy along with the watershed studies. So not just the technical part, but the part where we're working with people and making sure that the information is digestible. And then helping Caroline with the watershed that she's working on. 
So, and I, um, I do a lot of, I do the overall watershed management for the entire program for the city. So to try to keep all the watersheds moving along as we want them with our schedule. And then I'm also doing the modeling for the Pheasant Branch watershed. Okay, so Jojo, you were working on uh, the, the materials. We're listening to our community and our residents that are attending. You're listening to them um, and then putting together materials that will hopefully help them, different little avenues. Caroline's overseeing all of the watersheds, all the project managers, and you're making sure that we get this done on time. Mm-hmm. And um, you said modeling. So for anybody who's listening, uh, what is modeling? So modeling is, it's a computer model. So we use computer modeling, computers and, the, and software to try to mimic what's happening in the real environment. So it's actual buttons that we push on our computer all day, almost every day, to try to, to do this work. Okay. And, you know, the watershed studies, we're trying to look for possible solutions. So after the flooding, uh, everybody, a lot of people, not everyone, but many people experience flooding. So we are looking at the modeling. We're working on modeling. We're working on getting out into the community and making sure that we're getting to see and hear what actually happened. So we compare the two with the computer models and then also what people experience so that when we do put together those solutions, more accurate, hopefully. Yes, exactly. We had about 30 focus groups in our first round of watershed studies, which are the watersheds are Pheasant Branch, Spring Harbor, Wingor West, and Sturgis Mendota. And we did the first set of focus groups this fall, and they were very well attended. And we were able to talk with people that were impacted and actually walk around their neighborhood. And they told us how high the water got, where the water went to, how long it stayed there, all, all sorts of really good information to help us with our computer models. I think that ties into the why. So why even do this in the first place? Yeah, so in the past few years, we've had some really large storms, as I'm sure everyone is well aware. Um, and the west side, as Caroline mentioned, was particularly hard hit just by the way the storms tracked through the area. Um, because of that, we it became more and more evident that we have citywide flooding issues and trying to be able to prioritize and pick which flooding issues we tackle first and be confident that whatever way that we're tackling those issues and trying to solve them in one place isn't moving those issues downstream was something that we didn't have the tools to make those decisions. And the watershed study is the tool that we developed to help figure this out. So by being able to model the entire watershed, we're able to look at what's happening on the ground, figure out what areas are at highest risk of flooding, and then figure out how those solutions will actually impact upstream and downstream areas to ensure that whatever solutions we put in place are looking at the system as a whole and not causing other issues. Hmm, Lots to unpack. Lots of work to do. And again, with the focus groups in the first kind of wave of public information meetings, we've heard a lot from residents. um, And we know that people want answers like, yesterday because flooding as we all know really impacted um, a lot of people financially emotionally people are are still recovering even today and and will be for a while depending on the damage Uh, so as we know we've heard from our community they're like what are you doing Um, what are the watershed studies we want solutions now can you share more about the process sure so the first thing we do is we, we collect a whole bunch of data. So we collect our what we have in, in-house, which is called GIS data. So it's, it's digital data that we use. So we collect as much as that as possible about our storm sewer system. 
So like how much water flows through it, how much, I mean, I guess, what does that mean? It's, it's the, the actual pipe itself. So how big is it? Where is it in the ground? Mm. If it overflows, where is it going to overflow to? Mm-hmm. So we put all, we collect all that data and then we put that data into our computer models. And then once we've done with that, then what we've been doing also, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, we, we do, we're doing a lot of monitoring. So a lot of equipment has been put in the ground to help us figure out, okay, so if the model says the water gets to two feet, does the monitoring equipment say, yep, yep, it gets to two feet? And then once we've kind of put together what we call our existing conditions model, so what's happening right now when it rains, then we go ahead and we look at our proposed solutions. And that's a series of iterations or rounds of putting in different size pipes, maybe a big pond, to find out what the best solution is for any given watershed. And one of the key things we want to do, is, as JoJo talked about, is we don't want to make anything worse in other areas. So one of the, the powers of these computer models that we're getting to use is we can look, okay, if we put in a big pipe somewhere, is that going to cause flooding somewhere else? And if it does, then we know we're not going to implement that solution. Yes. I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of questions, you know, why is this taking so long? Why do I have to wait for years before I see anything happening? And right there, that's why, because we're trying to do it right. We're trying to get a feel of what people are actually experiencing. And it does take time to go through the models and do modeling and go through all the data. And I mean, can you kind of shed some light on how complex it really is? Yeah. So part of the big thing that people don't realize about our storm system is that we put these pipes in the ground to last 100 years, which is great. It's a great investment. However, that means that we have pipes in the ground that were built in the early 1900s. And if you can imagine, the records that we have on those are a little bit different than the records that we have today. The equipment that they had to actually measure the elevations of each end of the pipe, which is important information for a model, was not as high tech as it is today. So today you'll see surveyors out there with little poles and they're quick taking elevation points and they communicate with these satellites and the whole process that I don't fully understand and our surveyors are great. But we don't have that great of data for these old pipes. So what we're able to do is figure out what pipes in our system we have good data for. And there's a large portion of them that we don't. So we have surveyors go out and they gather that data for us and then we're inputting that into the model. So for the Pheasant Branch watershed model that Caroline's working on, it's about five and a quarter square miles of land that we're inputting and trying to figure out what's on the land on the surface because that impacts how much water flows into the system. There's about 32 miles of city-owned storm sewer. Um, There's 19 ponds or detention basins that we need to look at how those functions and there's particular special structures on the end of those that you're trying to figure out how water's moving through. And there's about 2,100 structures. So all of that data we need to make sure is complete. And if it's not complete, we have to send someone out and get it or scour through old plans. And that is a very, very tedious process. And that's for 1 23rd of the city. So that's why. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why. That's your answer. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, you know, my street is flash flooding. Why can't you just fix it now? That is why. Yeah. It takes a minute. It takes a minute, yes. Uh, the different watersheds. So we have a number of watersheds we're kind of tackling. Are there any specific characteristics of each watershed that we're covering? 
I think, you know, it's important to note, you know, we are covering the west side watersheds first, um, then moving toward the east. But can you kind of describe briefly, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but just so that people understand that, you know, each part is also custom to that area. Yes. So we, we did, we purposely started on the west side because they were hardest hit during August. And so we've done seven of the watersheds on the west side. We have another round of these studies that we're starting in January, and when those studies are going to start looking at the more complex, complicated areas on the east side and also the isthmus. And when we look at how we want to study those, we look at the specific characteristics. So we know the areas on the isthmus, they're really impacted by lake levels and the Yahara River levels. And so when we're looking at that study, we're going to try to do things that make sure we look at that specifically instead of just treating it like every other watershed. And then over on the east side, we're going to also look, start looking at Starkweather Creek. And that watershed has a, quite a bit of agricultural land in it, which acts differently in terms of stormwater than like a downtown area. So when we put together that study, we're going to want to make sure we're looking at that for its unique characteristics as well. And then as part of the studies, you know, data collecting, that's a huge chunk. We kind of hit on it a little bit. Uh, I guess, how are we collecting the data? Uh, And can you kind of shed light on that? Yeah. So the city set up a system to collect real-time storm data that we call monitoring data, which is pretty unique to the city of Madison. Most communities do not take this extra step when they're creating their computer models. And by collecting this data, it acts as a way that we can calibrate and check to make sure that our models are making sense. The ways that we collect that data are we monitor how much rain is falling, so we have rain gauges out, Mm -hmm. and then we also have what we call level loggers, so they're figuring out how much water is in a pipe when it rains a certain amount. Mm. Um, So we have all of these things collecting data in real time that we can pair up and then make sure that our models are showing that when it rains that same storm, that the system is reacting in the same way. So it's a good check for us and helps to make sure that our models are representing reality as close as we can. Um, So we've paired with the United States Geological Survey, and they are like the gold standard experts in data collection. And it's been great to learn from them, but it's definitely been a learning curve, and it takes a lot of time and man hours to get this equipment in and to collect it. And as you're probably out walking around some of these watersheds, you're going to see posts with like boxes or posts with cylinders on them. And we hear a lot of people asking if they're cameras, and they are not. We're not (laughs) recording people out walking around. We're actually collecting that data that gets put onto a server that our modelers can take down and then run through those computer models. Wow. So a lot of cool and very useful tools to gather the data. Uh, We've done some flooding mitigation projects so far and have made progress. Uh, I know there's a lot of waiting for more possible solutions with the watershed studies, but we have done work. So some community members want to see results in some form. And in the interim, while we're doing these studies, what sort of projects have we completed so far? So we've done some really interesting projects so far, and we're we're pretty lucky that we've been able to have the the support to be able to do these projects. Uh, We've done, we're working on right now a big kind of relief, flood relief project over in Hawks Landing where we're going to be building box culverts to help kind of convey away or bring some of the the water that's flooding away from those. If you go out by Elver Park right now, you're going to see construction. That is also a flood relief project where we're putting in a big, it's called a box culvert. It's a big pipe to convey water 
under the roads, and then we're also going to regrade or make the channel bigger along Elvar Park. And that is in response because those residents also over there experienced pretty devastating flooding. Yeah, those are the neighbors on the other side of McKenna Boulevard from Elver Park, and they've experienced frequent flooding, and that's a project that we had underway before we started these flood studies. So part of the flood studies where we wanted to wait to get the full picture to make sure that we aren't impacting anything downstream, but we had some of these projects that were underway where we had a good grasp of the system and a few select projects where we needed to go in and continue working on those, and we had the money to get that work done. So we have made progress. Mm-hmm. We're making continuous progress, but some, some of it's a little more obvious than others. Yeah, one, uh, one near dear to my heart is uh, Weight Circle. So mm-hmm. if you go over right now by the Southwest Bike Path near Weight Circle, you're going to see a project just completing. And that was another area where, in August, the rain actually went over the bike path. Mm-hmm. So if you go down there, you'll see how high that is. And for the water to get op- and over the bike path, that then, when it did that, it actually backed up water into a whole bunch of homes along Wade Circle and ruined a lot of sure. a lot of their their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one is just being completed, and we have gotten thank you. If any of the residents are listening, we've gotten very nice compliments. So it's, it ended up being a, a job well done to complete that project. Yes, yes. And when we say August, we mean August 2018. Yes, correct. Yes. Um, okay. Last couple questions here. We're running out of time. Uh, resources. How can people stay connected? We know podcasts, this podcast, we know the flooding website with lots of different, uh, lots of different resources and story maps and, um, information of how to understand our stormwater system. Uh, Jojo and I worked on this a lot. That's cityofmadison.com slash flooding. Uh, we have a new Twitter handle that we'll be pushing out information, Facebook page, um, report flooding form. And presentations, a lot of our engineers are giving presentations in the community uh, by request. Uh, people ask about, you know, what, what's going on with the watershed studies or what, what, what's the status of flooding in, in Madison? What should I be doing as a homeowner? What should I be, you know, all these different questions. So um, we've had a number of um, requests for that as well. Okay, um, study limitations. What are some of the study limitations? So it's really important for the community to remember that repairs are not always easy, popular, or cheap. So rebuilding this infrastructure takes a lot of money and takes a lot of time. So it's going to take probably 10 to 15 years that we're going to be budgeting out these projects. And the watershed studies are going to help us prioritize which ones are most important and make sure that we have enough funding over the course of 10 to 15 years to do them all. It takes probably two years to design and permit a project and then another year to build it. So from a time management perspective and then from a budget perspective, we're looking at kind of planning for the foreseeable future. And another thing that we we get a lot of questions when we're doing our focus groups and our outreach about groundwater. So groundwater levels fluctuate. They go up and down depending on the seasons or if the lakes are high. And these models are not going to address groundwater. Groundwater is a separate, almost much more complex issue, and the county is is starting to look at that. But these studies are going to mostly just focus on the surface water and the surface water infrastructure. Okay. Last question. Future of stormwater infrastructure. What are your thoughts? I think there are a lot of thoughts out there on the future of stormwater (laughs) infrastructure. It's probably not a good last question because it's a big question, but I think it's something that um, can kind of look forward as we wrap this up. What does the future of stormwater infrastructure look like? Well, this is is really actually exciting for for engineers to get to do 
the, the next kind of stuff that we're looking at. The, the type of work that we're looking at doing is pretty innovative, and it, it's going to put Madison sort of at a national level. So one of the things that we're looking at is more green infrastructure. So you will see more rain gardens popping up around the city. You'll see green roofs popping up, maybe more rain barrels, things that can kind of capture the water and um, hold it and then evaporate it instead of sending it over into the storm sewer system. Yep, so part of what the green infrastructure does is help soak that water into the ground as well. So if you have a rain garden, you can direct all the water from your roof into the rain garden on your property, or we can direct street water into rain gardens when we're, we're rebuilding streets. Um, all of that is happening and becoming more popular, but we're working on trying to get more resources to the community and figure out what the impact if, you know, 50% of people in, put in a rain garden. That's something that we'll be looking at in our watershed studies and seeing what the impact is on flooding. Those are generally most useful in smaller storms because at a certain point, this green infrastructure can be overwhelmed. It's built to help small storms in its nature, um, but it will have an impact and we're excited to figure that out. Yes, we are. And when we do, we will be sharing it on the podcast. <laughs> uh, thank you both for being here, uh, sharing about all of this um, important work that we're doing in the division. Uh, also, I smell an upcoming topic, green infrastructure, rain gardens, rain barrels, everything. So thank you both for being here. Again, if you're listening and you have more questions about this topic, click over to our City of Madison Engineering Facebook page or our Twitter. We are here for you always as a resource every day in engineering. <laughs>